for us as well. That'd be great. So, do you want to go center stage, Paul? You might as well. Um, okay, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, um, I was telling everybody uh, recently that uh, I went up to see to Scotland to see my father and my half-sister and uh, on the way I went to York and I saw my my brother as well and during our time that we were there um, it, it struck me that um, that we had quite a few mannerisms that were were, were similar um, my family seemed to have similar mannerisms uh, we seem to have a similar way of walking and uh, even our laughter was was quite similar to one another and I was just thinking about that and then then uh, when I got home I, I looked at a video of myself and I suddenly realized oh my goodness I look the same I have the same mannerisms I have the same way of laughing of moving and uh, I, it's interesting that I, I hadn't really noticed that before. And uh, I think that's a, a good introduction to what we're going to be talking about, or what I'm going to be talking about, uh, and you're going to be listening, I hope, uh, um, which is our, our passage today that Tony's asked me to talk a little bit about. Um, about and and uh, it comes in Genesis chapter 1, and if Evan... I don't know if you can you can put that up uh, verses 26 and 27 and this, that's what I'm going to be talking about now very very uh, familiar passage so I'll just uh, I don't know whether Evan can uh, bring that up for us or not does he have that uh, yep it will be a little bit weird it should be fine <laughs> that's right Yeah. Is it Genesis 7? Chapter 1. Chapter 1, it should be. Yeah, one that's to what, <laughs> Never mind. I'll switch back to me and I'll just read it to you. It's uh, Everybody will, will recognize this, I'm sure, because it's a very, very common uh, verses. And it goes like this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them And I just wanted to spend some time talking about uh, why it is so, it, this passage in Genesis is so important. And just the first thing that immediately uh, 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 strikes me is um, if the Bible mentions something once, it's quite important. If it mentions it twice in a very short, uh, uh, in a couple of verses, then it's very important. But in this passage, it mentions the fact that we are made in God's image three times. Three times it appears in those 
two verses, which means it is of paramount importance. And one of the most important things that we need to understand is our relationship to God and our origin. And I think that this is something that is absolutely fundamental to us uh, as believers, to, to all of us, where we come from and the fact that we're made in God's image. Now, you could, you could ask the question, uh, Paul, does that mean that I look like God? Well, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, we've just had some new wardrobes fitted in our, in our, uh, in our bedroom. And in the middle of the wardrobe are two full length mirrors. And when I wake up in the morning and look at myself, when I walk out um, to the bathroom, I don't think I see an image of God. I really don't because it's not a pretty sight. Um, but I think that we are a reflection of God, but not necessarily looking like God. Um, if you think about um, when uh, Samuel is selecting David as king, remember God says to, to Samuel, uh, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I think that's an important thing to consider that um, we're very obsessed with our appearance in our current culture. In verse 26, it also says that we're in his likeness. You can think about that. What does that actually mean? We are made in God's likeness. I think there are many meanings to that. I'll leave you to sort of ponder that. But I do think that these couple of verses are fundamental to us and help us to understand the relationship between man and God. And many wise souls have thought about this and spent a lot of time thinking about some of the implications. And I can only give you a, a very brief uh, summary of some of the things that are I've discovered. One of the people that I think is particularly good at this is a man called Francis Schaeffer. If you get anything from him and read things that he's said about it, he's very good on how we're created in God's image and also how that affects our lives and how we treat others. And that is, uh, uh, that, that's where I've learned some of the things that I've got there, but the many people have said a lot, and I'm sure Tony will be able to give you some some good books or good information on that in the in the future. So where are we going this evening? I hope you'll be encouraged by these uh, these verses to understand where our value comes from, and also that um, what our value is as human beings, all human beings, as a result of of this passage. And that knowledge should inform you although many of you know already, but it shall help to form you in every relationship you have. So we're gonna look at three different things. First of all, I'm gonna look at character, then I'm gonna look at value, and finally, I'm gonna look at an example. So let's, let's jump straight in at character. If I asked you about God's character, I think each of you could quite easily give me a long list of, of the characteristics of God. You know, he's loving, he's kind, he's rich in mercy, he's full of truth, he's wise, he gives us peace. 
there's so many things about God's character um, that we can say. But if we are in God's character, if we're made in his image, then surely we should have those attributes too. So we should be loving, kind, rich in mercy, full of truth, wise. We should have those same characteristics because we're a, a reflection of God. We are made in his image. We're of his likeness. What is really important to understand, I think, is that, that every single person on this planet is made in the image of God and therefore represents God in some form and is a reflection of God. In fact, I'm so confident of that, that even if you think of the worst person that ever existed on this earth, let's say someone like Hitler, I'm sure that even he, on occasions, showed some loving behaviour, was kind to some people in some instances. You see, our natural desire is to separate people into two camps, the goodies and the baddies. We love those old westerns, don't we, where there's the goodies and the baddies. And, by, um, and, and it's natural for us to try and separate the two. And sometimes we think that everybody else is in the baddies camp and we're in the goodies camp and we're okay and they're not. And that's what uh, makes us think, oh, well, the baddies deserve judgment and punishment, but we don't. Or, of course, there may be some of us who think, yeah, I am a baddie. Yeah, I am someone who's not good enough. And maybe we treat ourselves accordingly. No matter who we are, we are a reflection of God's character. We cannot help that. It's not something that may be or could be. We are. In our deepest being, we have something of God, reflection of God. It may be tainted. It may be damaged. But it is a reflection. It is we are made in God's image. And that is within our character. It is built in there, but often hidden. Or distorted in some way. Think about it. I'm sure that occasionally you've had somebody who's given you a kind word or a real encouragement. And it's been really unexpected from someone who you thought was really awful or whatever but somehow it's come out god can use anybody and his character can be demonstrated through any human being at some stages obviously the majority of the time it comes through christians but it's not exclusively ours one of the things that i've noticed about god's character is when i see it in others in preaching or caring for the poor. I mean, even today, when Tony had a really good word in the, in, in the service today, um, it was really encouraging. Or when you know Andy and Hannah were singing in the, in the worship service, or someone gives a wise word um, 
something in my spirit responds to that. When I see the character of God in somebody else, it just helps me to respond well. Often I see God using Mel. She's a very good uh, example of this. And uh, whenever I see her, she gives a word or a song or she helps someone who's, who's in need. Um, I realize that there's a reflection of God in her and it just makes me love her, love her even more. But actually that's true of most of the people that are on this Zoom call. Well, it's picked all of you. At times I have seen elements of God in you and that has made me really appreciate you, really value you. And that is an amazing answer to prayer, an amazing way in which we can see that. Now, I want to give you a little bit of homework, all right? You don't have to do this, but it's a good thing to do. This week, I want you to try and make a list of all the characteristics of God you can think of, all the good things that, about his character. And when you've made that list, you go down and you tick the ones that you think that you can reflect. In some degree, there may be some, you know, singing is not what I'm going to tick because I'm not very good at singing. I like it, but I know that I don't reflect God in that in any way at all. But there are other things which I know, well, yes, maybe I do. And you can tick those. But then maybe you can think of other members of the church and you can think, what characteristics of God do I see in them? And you can maybe tick those or put someone's name by them. Maybe this week you could text someone or email them or say face to face. You know, when you do that, that reminds me of God. That reminds me of Jesus. And it makes me love you more. It's a real good way to encourage one another. But we can go even further than that. We can go to anyone in this world and we can see something of the character of God in anybody. So that's your homework. It's just a very small exercise that I expect you spend hours on and report back to me next week. Summing this section up, what I want to clearly identify it all the sons and daughters of Adam that is human beings reflect something of God's character so that's thinking about God's character now we go on to the second thing that I wanted to talk about which is value how do we work out how valuable we are as we were made in God's image, we are not just a fake, a copy. We're not a forgery in life. Maybe this evening, that's how you feel, a Christian fake. Someone who is not original. Someone who's just a copy and maybe not a good copy. Someone who feels that they have no original value. Maybe you think there's nothing I'm really good at. I haven't really achieved much. I am of little value. The good news is that that's not the way the Bible views you. 
It's not the way that God views you. The good news is that you were made in the image and likeness of God. You are made in his image. And that's why you're so valuable. That is why you have tremendous value. Let's think of it this way. I think of it a good way of illustrating this is, is, is a mathematical formula. So I'm sure you're all hot on maths, but um, let's assume you take every single person. Let's, let's think about God. God has infinite value. There is no, no end to his value. God has infinite value. If we think about every single person that has ever existed in this earth, I think there are 7 billion people on the earth at the moment. Let's call that 100 billion people. If we are divided infinity by 100 billion, what would the answer be? The answer would be infinity. Because infinity is such a big figure that 100 million is so insignificant, it doesn't affect the sum. And that is the way that because God is so valuable, even the tiniest, tiniest fraction of a reflection of God is invaluable. It has no price. And that means you, because you reflect God, because you reflect who God is and what he's like, even in a small, not the best way, even though it's marred in some way, it still gives you infinite value. In fact, when I was preparing this, I came, I just felt God say this one word, priceless. That's how God values you. You are priceless. It's not just that Jesus paid the highest price for you. It's actually you're worth, you're worth more than, than, than it's possible to explain. And that is why we as Christians believe that life is of absolutely priceless value. Every single human life. It's because we reflect something of God. And it doesn't matter whether you are an unborn fetus. It doesn't matter whether you're a beggar on the streets in, in our country or anywhere else. It doesn't matter if you're an old man who is totally useless to society and has no, uh, nothing they can give, or if you're a paraplegic and there's nothing you can do because your value is measured in the fact that you are a reflection of God. And therefore, you are priceless. So we've thought about character. We all reflect some of God's character. We've thought about value. We are all of infinite value. Finally, let's think of an example. And the example, of course, is Jesus. Because every human being is priceless, 
Jesus was prepared to pay the price to buy us back. You see, we often think that our value is in who we are because of our own merit. And that's how the world sees us. And that's how the world values us. But that's not the way that Jesus sees us. And he died on a cross because we are priceless. And he died for us. And he paid the ultimate debt to purchase us because we were made in the image of God. It's who we are. It's in our DNA. Our family. We are family. And blood is thicker than water. You see, when we think about Jesus's life, wherever he went, whoever he spoke to, he gave dignity to those. It didn't matter whether they're their status. In fact, you know, high status people, he was pretty derogatory. Of. <laughs> but he cared for, for everyone. He cared for the poor, those who were ill, those who were in need. And he gave them dignity and respect, even the sinner. He gave respect. So it doesn't matter what we've done or how we've been brought up or the mistakes we've made in our lives. Still, we are of great value to Jesus. And he demonstrate that again and again. Read every part of the the. the the Gospels, and you see it in his life. What do you do with something that is valuable? I was trying to think through, if you think something is really valuable, what do you do? You look after it. You give it special attention. You protect it. You display it to its best. It often takes pride of place in your, in your home. Ask Phil and his guitars. They're, they're often pride of place because he loves them, because they're precious to him. He can, he can talk about that later, I'm sure. And you display them to their best. You see, it's not based on our educational standing or the color of our skin. Each of us is of infinite value and Jesus loves us and treats us that way. And because our value is based that way, then so is everybody else too. And those who are poor and those who are marginalized in our society have great value. Those who are older, that's one of the reasons that we as a church care about those people because they're just as valuable. It's not whether or not they contribute, how much they contribute to society or anything. It's they have intrinsic value in who they are because they reflect part of who God is. So the result of that 
is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That is the result because we value them because they're a, a reflection of God. Because God values them. And we should value every human being. Well, that sort of sums up my, my talk. But I just wanted to, as I was thinking about this, I just wanted to pray for, for, for two people or just, just say a couple of words, I, I think, of encouragement. I think that there may be someone listening. I was, as I was praying, I was just thinking maybe there's someone listening who feels they are of no value. They feel that they're worthless and they don't feel like they've done much to have any significance. If that is you this evening, I feel like God has one word for you. This one word for you is the word priceless. You are priceless. You are my treasured possession. And there is no other possession on heaven or earth that is worth more than you. That is why I paid the highest possible price. And I will care for my possession, my precious possession. So I just felt that was a word for, for maybe someone particular. I think it's a word for all of us, but I think it may be for someone particular. And then there was a second, which was that I think there might be uh, someone or one or two people who've, who've, who've thought of somebody else as a waste of space. They thought of somebody else as uh, insignificant or of no value. And the reality is they, this other person has often brought pain and misery to others. But God wants you to wants you to be reminded that that person, no matter how bad, is of great value to God. And he wants you to treat them with respect. Not because of their behavior, not because of who they are. But because they represent God in some form. And I know this is hard. But actually, I think God is asking us to do that sometimes. Even the unlovable, even the enemy, love your enemy. So I'm just going to lead a simple couple of line prayer. And if you want to pray that, that's fine. But don't worry if you don't. Lord, I'm sorry that this person who I now name in my head I have not treated as your valued, treasured possession. Help me to change my attitude. Help me to love them like you do. Amen. So that's the, that's the end of my talk for this evening. I'll hand over to... Tony. <clears throat>